0: back to the Chris Geisler podcast we have Sunita Carr and I have not been this excited to put a podcast out there in a very long time excited nervous but also open and welcoming I want to know how this landed for people I want to know how you connected with Sunita so please feel free to message me and let me know how it landed and what inspired you from Sunita's wisdom and how she Shows up and speaks to life and articulates her journey in a phenomenally powerful way. I think it's incredibly inspiring the way she's showing up and connecting to a big mission of hers. This podcast does dive into a journey, but it also dives into a lot of who Sunita has become and what she's doing now with the deep dive she's been on, how she's understood and connected to her truth, authenticity and everything in between those things. She is a certified Gong practitioner and if you have ever had a Gong experience, I'm going to tell you a little story actually, I never connected to the Gong, didn't really do it for me, it was actually very jarring, a bit frustrating and that is a part of the experience, you know, if it's bringing things up, it's... Good to lean into those things, but I, I never really connected to sound baths and didn't really feel the benefit of it until I met someone, Sunita. I connected to her first and I realized that I didn't get anything from sound baths because I wasn't connecting with the practitioner, the person playing the gong. And that is really important to me. And you can't teach people unless you make them feel safe. And that is what Sunita did for me. It was, it was phenomenal to connect with her and the way she plays the goal I've never experienced before. I would urge you to check out her links and head over to her, her Instagram, Sunita Movement, links in all of the description, and attend one of her gong baths. Support her mission as she allows people to connect deeper, Through sound and vibration. Sunita is my new best friend, I've got to say. So much time for this woman. And there's going to be, of course, many podcasts in the future. Please connect with her. All the links are in the description. And of course, if you want to ask us any questions on the podcast, we will be more than happy to communicate to you. The best way to do that is on YouTube in the comment section. Please head there. We will always endeavor to get back to you. Thanks for supporting and listening and sharing. I'm very grateful that you're here and you're listening and you are committed to asking the big questions and diving deep with us me and whoever it is on the episode because there are a lot of people doing amazing work this country and beyond and this is a platform to bring them together and allow this work to be more accessible. And more whole in many senses. Over to the podcast sponsors, two companies that I align with, as you know. First up we got XL Coffee, big fan and believer in the health benefits of coffee, but of course all coffee is not created equal. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm constantly posting, I'm constantly grinding my coffee beans most days at the moment. It's supporting me in the summer months, and adding a lot to my lifestyle as i look forward to it every day so if you want to join a very ethical sustainable value driven brand please use the code cgp or click the link in the description to receive 10% off your first purchase or just shoot me a message and i will hook you up with what to do next up we've got wild soul sandals i visited tom last week he sorted me out with three new pairs i got the otter, which are super minimal, they feel very close to the ground and like you are the closest thing to barefoot. Mam Tours, and I also got an exclusive pair of the soon to be released Badgers, phenomenal footbed. And to be honest, I've got to admit, I was wearing some prototypes or some so some wild soul sandals that he gave me in November, and they were great and that's what I was talking about every episode when I was promoting these guys but little did I know that he has upped the game hugely and he sold me out with some new pairs of sandals and they are essentially a different product what he's selling now of course another iteration and they will continue to improve but I'm like this is insane the the, the feeling on the on my feet it's just very different i had like some sandpaper-esque tops but i still loved them but now the smoothness on top of the sandal that added with some blue crazy color straps that just look absolutely incredible so many people have been messaging me i did an exclusive 15 percent discount last week for 24 hours i might honor that if you message me and want a pair the standard code that we're using is CGP10 at checkout for 10% off please click the link in the description get yourself some wild soul sandals and take care of your feet it's about foot health not footwear thanks for listening guys over to the podcast now with Sunita Car, episode 88 enjoy I'm so excited for this podcast. I haven't been more excited for a podcast in a long, long time.
1: Me too. Um, (laughs) I'm very excited, but also slightly nervous because I haven't done this at all. Mm. I've done it in a... This is going
0: to be a treat then for the listeners. Yeah, a little bit. You're inaccessible in the podcast world.
1: No, so as I went to the toilet earlier, I was like, okay, what do I share? How much do I share? Purely because sharing comes with consequences for me. Um, Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't have that kind of consequences. Um, So I'm... I've become... I'm always sharing freely. Uh, But we both know this podcast usually goes deep. (coughs) And this is for other people to see and hear. Um, So I'm like... How much do I share and who's going to listen and what are the consequences because I have to pay hefty consequences in the past Uh, which is beautiful it's led me to become the person that I am today Uh, but also in the past I shared knowing that I was going to pay for the consequences (coughs) but what I'm trying to say is I'm just going to share. Um, and then we decide later.
0: Absolutely. I think it's important to speak to that. Because um, it's also drawing people's attention to everything you hear on a podcast isn't everything. It's mm-hmm. not everything about someone. There are also other things. Yeah, You could apply that to social media in general. It's always important to check in. But this isn't me. Yeah. Like people think they listen to a podcast and they know me. Just like I do when I listen to Aubrey Marcus. I've been listening to him for six years. I know him. I don't. I know him as a podcaster. Mm. People know me as a podcaster. I'm very different when I'm on this medium. Mm. It's different. I I speak my best self. You know, I try as much as possible to be authentic. But there is an element there. There's a subtlety (laughs) that I try and rise to the conversation. Mm. I try and um, research certain things that I know I want to speak about that's not me every day and it's not a normal conversation it's uh it's it's the closest thing we've got i th- i believe to a conversation that is always my intention mm. to bring <coughs> this to a, as 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 real as possible but as we know we're being recorded so it's <laughs> it's not always possible to be your real self
1: it is possible okay um to a degree of course you've got a camera looking at you um, so that creates a little bit of like, okay, adjustment period, <coughs> but I think in the conversation, I think it is possible to be yourself. Um, uh, but actually just bringing back to what I'm saying, I've just realized how actually how some people don't have, um, this privilege of sharing freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what I've just realized and experienced. And like everyone that you've invited probably have this freedom, like I can share freely without consequences. Of course, we can go in detail about what I'm trying to say. What are those consequences? Who's watching you? Who's listening to you? But actually, when you go to different parts of the world, women are not even allowed to speak. And if they do, what is it that they're saying? And what are the consequences?
0: Um, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But yes. Uh, absolutely. I think it can be a big metaphor for how we're all showing up in the world. We always know to some degree when we're being watched, when we're out in public, mm. when we're around others. We know that people are listening.
1: Oh, yeah, they are listening you to know? us right now. Well, yeah,
0: exactly. But the, the, the podcast can be a metaphor for how people are showing up in your life. Because this has been your journey. It's part of my journey. It's why we connect. Yes. It's, it's how can I show up? More real, more aligned, more truthful. Yes, and that—that's my intention with the podcast. But it's also been my journey of like, oh, noticing the times where I haven't been truthful. Of, mm. I'm lying. I'm lying to that person. Why? And mm. trying to understand who am I within it all, or not just who am I? Because that's a ridiculously simple question for a complex thing. Mm. Not complicated, but complex. So it's more around, who do I want to be? Do I want to be someone that has integrity? Mm. Let my thoughts match my words, noticing when I'm out (coughs) out of integrity.
1: And that's a process. Mm. It is a process. To really, the process, uh, the flex is to not give a fuck. Am I allowed to say that?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, do you care? Do you give a fuck? about people taking offense to not giving a fuck I don't give a fuck
1: <laughs> 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 I honestly don't
0: so <coughs> if you don't give a fuck mm. then what's the hesitation around sharing in, what are the consequences um, for you uh,
1: <clears throat> I think it's more personal um, so maybe repercussions repercussions uh, and they're the same thing consequence for sure repercussion. yeah yeah yeah, it's the repercussions of speaking truthfully, um, which affects other people. Sure. Um,
0: yeah, I noticed that when I started talking about relationship and I didn't, on my first podcast, I didn't consider it because mm. I was just, I'm an open book. Like, like I want that to be the, the, the pillar of the podcast, to be like, I'm sharing it all but not taking into account other people. Mm. And if they want that to be shared or not. Mm. And relationships is a big one because y- agreeing on what is public and what's not. And I've never even considered that as a thing. But it's it's a big burden for people that are in the limelight are are sharing their journey.
1: Yes, it is. And it depends what they're sharing. What are what I think it depends what their journey is. Some journeys are actually easy, shareable, that doesn't involve other people, which is part of the experiences, which causes consequences. Um, And also, not a lot of people are in this position where I don't give a fuck kind of position. So you need to be a little bit cautious and gentle and sensitive about other people as you're speaking publicly. Mm. Uh, even though you feel free as a person,
0: if that makes sense. Is that a general statement? Is, th- you know, saying well, when people say, "I don't, I don't care, I don't care what people think," like, is that is that true? Because.
1: What do you mean by that, though? Is
0: that a true statement for anyone?
1: That they don't care.
0: Yeah, because I think that's just. We all care. We all have to care what people think of us.
1: Mm, depends. I actually. Don't care if it inv- involves me expressing myself and expressing my inner freedom and expressing my authenticity. I don't care. I don't want to know your opinion if it's not uh, in a clear uh, intention of what you're sharing about me. If it's not for my personal growth, uh, and often, truthfully, it's not because everyone's projecting, reflecting. So a lot of the times, whatever, especially when you are expressing authentically, clearly, uh, and freely, it triggers people. Um, So I don't care, but I care when it's me hurting somebody else um, intentionally. I'm willing to hear and listen and see if we can meet in the middle but if it's really to to really speak about my truth i don't care or to express my truth i don't care um i think and it's difficult to get to this blurred lines
0: blurred lines as well yeah somewhat because what might be true for you is you speaking your truth but that may hurt someone else but that might be an opportunity for them to grow and this is where spirituality (laughs) gets a little toxic at times or or positive toxic positivity comes in because if we're all just, you know, it's the classic, I'm speaking my truth, and if that hurts you, then you need to do some other inner work, you know, well, that it gets depends. thrown I, around a lot.
1: I think it depends how you're sharing your truth. But a lot of the time, we live in a world that people don't speak truth. So often, when anyone, even speaking, for me, when I speak my truth, or any, any way of how I express myself, it comes with certain tone. It comes with a clear intention. It comes from a heart-centered. Um, so, with that clarity, I don't care because I know I'm coming from a very aligned way of communicating something. Mm. Um, what do you think? St- Blood, maybe. Yes, depends on perspective. I think we live in a world people don't speak the truth. Yeah, sure. Uh, so everyone gets triggered when someone's speaking the truth. Uh, because we're all hiding to a degree. I mean, what this is generalizing, but...
0: What do you think, there's th- a few things why people do that. Um, maybe why you did it in the past, or, or maybe speak f- from your experience. But in general, why do people not speak the truth?
1: Um, <coughs> let's try to bring it to me, back <laughs> to me. Um, um, of course, it was a process. I was not born this way. Because we are born uh, and then we are uh, we're brought up in a specific way through culture, religion, uh, government um, and yeah, the general way of how we were brought up to communicate is not to speak authentically, it is to people please in some ways. Uh, it's about other people instead of you. So I previously communicate in a way where I want to be liked. I want to be accepted and then I want to be belonged.
0: Um, What was the root of that?
1: um, Not getting all of that uh, in my environment. Not feeling that uh, not getting nurtured as a child, uh, to receive all that. So then I become this thing that wants all that by expressing it in this way, in all parts of my relationship. Um, but then over a period of time of shedding, dying and rebirthing and repeating the cycle of cleansing. I'm in this position that I feel very calm and happy within my space and I'm really happy to speak my truth Um, and it's okay if someone doesn't like me Um, because I know it's actually nothing to do with me. Um, Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So could you talk to us about some life-defining moments? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (coughs) What were some of the big things that that happened in in your early years
1: my early years
0: um that shaped you for for better or worse you know like ultimately it's all allowed you to be sat here right now yeah
1: um i actually have s- had a very difficult life from a very very young age Um, I was brought up in a dysfunctional upbringing, um, which had already naturally inbuilt this desire to be better from a young child. I'm not so sure if it's a soul kind of whisper from a young child or it's a whisper when you have, when you're in an environment that is difficult. I don't know which one comes or they come together. But without speaking too much about, um, the young parts of my life, uh, apart from that I have been brought up in a dysfunctional upbringing that had affected me tremendously, uh, in my life. which led me to spend many, many years to untangle um, this um, result of being brought up in such an environment. Um, yeah, does that answer that?
0: Potentially. Potentially, yeah. Uh, um, so where in the world were you? When did you grow up?
1: I was born in Malaysia. Born, brought up Malaysian. Uh, Kuala Lumpur. mm mm-hmm. Uh, I left when I was eighteen, um, and here I am in London. You left eighteen. Yeah.
0: When you on your birthday?
1: Um, I can't really. No, actually, maybe three months after my birthday.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. What did that look like? For you was it, were you solo? Or you just. I was
1: solo. Off? I was I was incredibly excited uh, to leave Malaysia, <laughs> uh, purely because. Um, tax is so high. <laughs> so high. <laughs> uh, I didn't have to pay anything at home in Malaysia you know so I didn't have to pay the bills. Uh, I didn't have to cook the food.
0: So was that quite daunting?
1: No it was exciting. Uh, I had the strong desire to actually work hard and suffer. I don't know why. I was like to really feel what it it is like to be human. I wanted to work hard I want to struggle and I want to feel what it's like to make money and pay my bills and uh, wash my clothes. The very simple thing, wash my clothes, cook my clothes, uh, cook my food. Uh, no, cook my clothes. Don't do, <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that.
0: Um, why do you think that comes from? Why do you think you have that?
1: I think it's um, the feeling of wanting to um, prove that I can do it. Mm. Um, but also there's this feeling f- in within me that I'm, I'm meant to be something, I'm meant to do something powerful on planet earth. And this was just the very tiny steps to get there. If I can't cook my own food, yeah. um, if I can't wash my clothes, if I can't work to pay my own bills, how, how the hell am I going to do this? You know? Um, but you know, it brings more power to be able to do that in another country. And uh, London is a really tough city um, for someone that comes to comes from Malaysia, where everything is actually pretty cushy. Uh, you a l- l- lot of um, a lot of kids live with their family even after they get married, so you don't have to worry about paying uh, rent. Um, food eating out is f- pretty cheap, and a lot of people at home has a maid. Um, so everything in in that way is not tough all you need to do is go to work and come back home Um, the tough part is you know the family bit (laughs) Mm. (laughs) where you're not allowed to be yourself um, where you have to suppress your inner expression Uh, that for me was tough Um, but also I was excited to leave Malaysia because Malaysia is a Muslim country and I'm not Muslim and the priorities are given to, to the Muslims. Um, and with that awareness, um, thankfully, my father was a very amazing person in this way, where he wanted us to make sure that we had freedom. So he he was really pushing us to make sure that we left the country. So leaving Malaysia, w- so those were the few things. One, I wanted to really just be an adult. Two, uh, getting freedom away from... A country that doesn't give fairness to everybody, um, and yeah, I kind of knew my soul was not suitable for Malaysia. Um, I know I would probably would get into a lot of trouble, um, knowing how I was already from a from a young child. I was very outspoken. I needed to speak the truth. Um, I would do whatever I wanted to do as a person, and it's not very welcome with this kind of behaviour or this kind of character uh, in Malaysia, and especially that, that I'm a woman as well.
0: Mm. You could see this as an archetype, archetypical maybe if that's even a word of of, of stories and narratives in in films and what's portrayed. Um, where I can't none that come to mind, but. It happens, and do you see? Th- have you seen that um, quite common, like people leaving the country due to that, people leaving, you know, ideologies and and things that that don't align with them.
1: Don't get me wrong, Malaysia, as a Muslim country, is probably one of the most westernized country you're gonna get, uh, but still has its its uh, flaws. Um, I think it depends, a lot of Malaysian stays in Malaysia because it's beautiful life, the weather is great, the food is amazing, you do have a very comfortable life uh, and most of the time you see, this is a bit of a generalizing mm. that you My
0: experience th- was very different when I traveled in Malaysia. Okay. What I saw, I, I traveled up the west coast. Right. From Singapore.
1: And what was your experience?
0: there was a lot of disparity of rich and poor, that was quite yeah, it was quite evident. In Malaysia? Yeah. Huh okay. Yeah, from what I remember.
1: Hmm. Malaysia is n- you don't see it in a very extreme way. Like in India for an example. Mm. You do have that disparity, but not in a very extreme way. Um, but you do see it. But more so going back to what I was about to say, you would see a lot of Malaysians going back to Malaysia because it's an easy life and it's hard in London. And if you are brought up in a way where everything is much more easy and all you need to worry about is go to work and come back, um, if you don't have a greater calling to be someone, to do something with life, uh, you generally choose um, comfortableness. Mm -hmm right um so have you been back since yeah many times uh i mean i've been here for 18 years but i have not bitten back for six years now you're 36 i'm 38 38 i'm gonna be 39 wow yeah can you believe it
0: i see is this
1: the first time you know my age yeah
0: i mean i don't really ask people's ages these days yeah this is interesting to check in with that because i don't really see that as a factor anymore which is of, beautiful yeah I don't know if people do, but I do did you think get that. get past, to you? Because <laughs> of my hair. You were like, oh, he's close to 40. <laughs> How young are you? How young am I? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Not old. I'm 33 years young. Wow. There you wow. go. Age of Christ.
1: Wow. Important time of your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all important.
1: It's all important. It's all
0: irrelevant and all important. Okay, so... Yeah, this has been a big journey. See, you've been back a few times. Yeah. What's it like going back there? And is it sad if you had to grieve a lot? Has it been a big part of your...
1: Why grieving? Why did grieving come out in your Christian? Are you trying to aim for something? <laughs> <laughs> did you go back and grieve a lot?
0: Well, when you, you leave someone that you had you know bonds with and and forged relationships I'm sure over many years it sounds like it was all exciting and all like adventurous Um, I'm wondering if there was also sadness and grief that you've had to sit with and and accept and those types of feelings that that having been a part of a country for so long Uh,
1: I think a lot of the grieving took place when I left the first time yeah, I had a feeling that this would change everything. Uh, even though this wasn't the best thing I had. It was something I had which I didn't want to let go of. Um, and which w- which at that point was a misconception of what love is uh, and what belonging is and what you need to do to be loved and accepted. Um, and I just was attached to what I had because I had nothing else. So leaving it, um, yeah, it was really difficult. It was really difficult to, most of all, say goodbye to my mom and, you know, I just don't know how it would change our relationship. I am so, I love my mom so much. So that was a lot of the grieving. I think most of it is just leaving my mom and saying goodbye to her. Um, but every time I went back, um, it became easier there was always this like goodbye and then come back here because knowing this is where my life is right now um and then over the years it just became easier but going back home was always difficult um because i'm here in london doing whatever i want to do and i'm free and i'm an adult i pay my own bills now and i wash my own clothes and i cook for myself and i can say whatever i want to say and i can do whatever i want to do even though i wasn't fully utilizing it at that time because i was still you know peeling the layers to go i'm free um going back just brought me back of uh where you're going what time are you coming back just uh and like all this like scrutiny of like why are you doing this and it was a glitch in my head you know it's like why um so you it was usually quite stressful when i go back home Mm -hmm. uh stressful it wasn't a holiday it was stress Uh, but that's i think very common when you spend time with family um yeah what's your relationship like to belonging now what is my relationship to belonging right now It's a ever growing and evolving relationship, but I think for me, the belonging is feeling belong within myself. Um, Feeling really happy when I go back to sleep and I'm like, ah, this feels peaceful. And then waking up going, wow, this feels good. Um, Feeling belonging within myself and then naturally uh, attracting people that are the same kind of flavor and taste and expression in different expressions within the same expressions and then belonging in that space. And I think for me now, the relationship with belonging is just a heart centered, I love you, you love me and I, I accept you and you accept me. That's the relationship I have with belonging. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it comes with me first. I love me, um, and I accept me, and then, and then it comes out and outpouring that way with other people, and then they do the same thing for me. And it's it's been a very natural evolution with that. There was no forcing in belonging. Um, I think that's my relationship with belonging.
0: Yeah, I like that. There's yeah. No forcing in belonging. Yeah. You talked about peeling back the layers. Could you talk about that journey to
1: where you're at now? I can. Um there's so much to it so I won't be able to speak into all of it.
0: Just some, maybe In some some things that cause what you mentioned going to sleep and waking like that peacefulness yeah. that you have it? is it that a common feeling? Uh for now you?
1: yes. Um, like
0: that's that's a, that's the, an ideal for 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 some people. I'd love to unpick like that journey towards that and what that's been like.
1: Yeah, um, I I could say, so I'll share one very big part uh, of, of the peeling the layers and dying and rebirthing. Um, of course, there was many, but this one was the deepest in a way where it really created a massive shift in my life. And that was when I was um, 32 and uh, I got diagnosed with bipolar. Um, And at this point, um, I myself was judgmental about people who had bipolar because I was not educated by it. And I was surrounded by people. Who was voicing up about uh, that person's got bipolar and they're a bit of a troublemaker or my uh, uh, ex-partner's she's got diagnosed with bipolar and she's a troublemaker and it was just this this kind of narrative Uh, and then and then I got diagnosed with it Um, and that really shocked me surprised me confused me and really changed uh, my life completely Um, I was really fearful that I was going to lose my job. I was working in finance at this point. Um, I was really fearful I was going to lose my partner at that time, which I did. Um, And I was really fearful that everybody was going to think that I was crazy and I won't be able to have a relationship. (laughs) Um, And also the people who were very judgmental about my expression were going to go, huh, this makes sense now. She's bipolar. Um, And yeah, and then I was faced with uh, taking medication, which I was very against uh, prior to being diagnosed. Um, But then now I'm confronted by this this diagnosis and I had no idea which way to go I had like a bunch of friends saying don't take the medication and then a bunch of them going you have to take it if you've got a chemical imbalance then you gotta have to take a me- you gotta get take medication um, and at this point I was really quote-unquote in people's picture living the best life the coolest life I was an extreme climber uh i was a skydiver i was a highliner i was a Photographer. photographer and like traveling around the world and then having spontaneous flights uh to jump like literally go to spain and go to a drop zone and jump off a plane and that's how i lived my life in a very extreme way i lived life extreme sports was a big part of my life at this point um and then with this diagnosis, everything had to stop immediately. Um, um,
0: so how did this show up for you, day to day?
1: Um, I I mean, at this point, because my mental health was deteriorating, uh, deteriorating, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so at this point, my life was already pretty messy, mentally. That affected my physical body, actually more than an ornamental perspective and then being diagnosed in this way I felt like my whole identity got ripped off literally got ripped off because everything had to stop and then you're given with this uh, you're presented with this identity now you are bipolar and that's how the doctor presented it to me um yeah it it was uh very depressing uh and it depressed me further because i decided to take medication mm-hmm. and the side effects was depression um amongst many other things
0: that's a marketing term it's a direct effect yes it's not a side effect
1: it's the direct effect literally
0: so how did it show up for you day to day and what because i'm uh, yeah there's a part missing around like what led you to seek okay maybe there's something that i'm not seeing here maybe I need to go see someone to understand this
1: yeah um, thanks for bringing that conversation back um, I so at this before I got diagnosed I was training three to four times a day and then I was slacklining and then I was flying I was just non-stop um, and I have to train if I don't train uh, I don't feel happy um, and also I'm like, my body was, it had to look a specific way. It had to stay strong at a specific, like, because I climb at very high levels. So I was always on the go. Um, and when, th- over a period of time, gradually I started to decline and I started to get physically unwell. Uh, I started to feel incredibly exhausted, uh, and I was not sleeping at all uh, and at points it would go on for over a month um, and I my bones were aching uh, I had really bad tummy, tummy problems so everything was showing up on a physical perspective and my face looked pretty bad and from doing all the activities and my training everything started to just decline to the point that I could not get off the bed and I was just physically unwell uh, which led me to go see the GP and then the GP is like I'm so sorry I think you're depressed but I also need to refer you to a psychiatrist Uh, and that's when um, I received the diagnosis from a physical experience obviously during the time when I shared uh, certain information with the GP which is why it led her to believe that I um, was depressed Basically. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: as a symptom of the lifestyle that you had?
1: Uh, as the symptoms of other things that came out through sure. being in...
0: Yeah. Th- the lifestyle that you had was distracting you from?
1: It wasn't the lifestyle. Um, it
0: Yeah, sorry. You were distracting yourself from how you were feeling, which was rooted back to other things.
1: I w- personally, I wouldn't say it was distracting me. It was actually keeping me alive. Okay. Um, But, you know, ultimately there's so much that a body and a mind can handle when you're not, uh, you're not taking time to deal with your emotions. When there are really deep wounds that need attention, Uh, they will, they will, they will surface in this way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for me, it surfaced in this, this, this way.
0: So why bipolar? And um, then what are your th- feelings about that now? Uh, Has that changed? It
1: definitely. I mean, like that experience, it led for three years. And then I got diagnosed with ADHD. And they wanted to add a little bit more other um, other diagnosis. Um, but the two prominent ones were uh, bipolar and ADHD. I don't resonate with bipolar at all right now uh, after spending many years of deep healing Um, yeah my view on mental health after experiencing it in a 360 way is when we don't spend time to heal our wounds and then you keep it under the carpet and then life happens and then you put that under the carpet and then life happens again, and just put everything under the carpet, eventually it's going to explode. And in this explosion, it will manifest in different ways for different people. Mm -hmm. And in this manifestation, uh, in Western medicine, they would label and say, okay, these are the symptoms, you have bipolar, and this is your symptoms, you have ADHD. I mean, ADHD is a little bit more complex, I think, um, but these are basically the labels um and then they feed you medication, and then in this medication, ultimately it's just a plaster to further suppress everything that you've not looked at, and then you live a very um uh lifeless life um for a period of time, yeah, which works for some people for uh, the
0: for the for <laughs> limited amount of people, yeah, but and because I- it works for some you can't discount it yes no and no, it's no, no. and it's shamed when people pick apart the mass prescription of medication because it works for a certain amount of people completely but it's very sad to to actually hear for me to hear that you you went through so many years and this is just my experience of being around people that have ADHD who have gone to understand it more with professionals and then they get given the term it's not it's bipolar and if they didn't know themselves or or some of this kind of like um some of these terms then they'd have just handed their life over to someone that tells them exactly who they are what they've got and what to do about it
1: completely that's what happened to me my life was given to somebody for three years Um, and within that three years um, yeah you go further down and down because for an instance with bipolar medication it's incredibly powerful it takes time for your body to uh, get used to it so they will give you like a small dosage for a month and then the next month they will higher the de- dosage and each time they higher that dosage you have a very intense at least I personally experienced this intense side effects to the point that I lost my memory. Uh my memory got really bad. I lost my hair, I put on a lot of weight, uh my hands were shaking, um and every time they increased the dosage, I wouldn't even know where I am in my r- in the in the room. Uh, and this would continue over a period of time until they found the right dosage for you. So you're in this cycle for a long time. And then once you found that balance, um, then, you know, if you want to get off it, you have to go back to that cycle again. And you got to go through this, like, let's say it took you one year to lead up to find the right dosage. It will take you one year to get off the medication. Um and that comes with a whole different emotional journey a whole set of mental health experiences that you have to go through it really robs your life um in this way at least for me i felt like that but i would not take away those experiences uh, because of where i am right now um so let's talk about that yeah okay so back it up a little bit you know being diagnosed then having medication and there was two sets of medication one to send me to sleep um and the other one uh, once to stop the high and once to stop the low and i was in this journey for about um my timelines are not going to be exact but let's say about like close to one year to two years um and and then when I felt like, ah, oh, I can breathe again. Well, at that point, this is just, it felt great, but it's actually not the great spot uh, compared to where I was. But I felt like I could breathe again. I was like, I desire to get back into my adventure life, my my extreme self, uh, because it is me. It is a big part of who I am. Uh, so I had booked a, a solo trip to Mongolia. Um... And it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. Such a magical place. Such a beautiful, beautiful place. But yet, I was in this stunning, magical place. And I could not feel good about it. Uh, And all my pain was just surfacing out. Um, And when I had come back um, from Mongolia... um, It got really really intense and um, I had lost the will to live and it was when I decided to take my life and which had led me to uh, a psychiatric hospital for two months and in this journey that's when I got diagnosed with ADHD and they wanted to add a little bit another another diagnosis but
0: um, it didn't come into fruition. Uh, so, yeah. when you decided you wanted to take your own life, yeah. what did that look like?
1: Uh, for me specifically, it's actually been a lifelong struggle. Um, You've had those thoughts? Yeah, I've had it since I was very young. It's something that I have consistently battled with. And actually, this is the first time I'm speaking quite openly in this way. Um, I yeah, I've had it since a very young child. Um, I think I tried when I was really young. No, I think I did. Uh, but you know, when you're young, you don't really have the strength. But you know, you, you, it's like a halfway thing, you know. Uh, So I attempt.
0: Um, How old were you then?
1: I if if I'm correct with the numbers, I think about nine years old. Um, and. Yeah, so I struggle with this thoughts throughout my life. And, you know, when you're young, at least for me, when I'm young, I have this strength. I am this very strong, powerful person. But when you're fighting this battle of um, suicide, it can get really exhausting to fall on the ground and then dust it off and start again. And it, that was just my life consistently. Uh, and then along with other struggles in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over the period of time, I had uh, lost the energy, the um to get up again and then dust it off. And then when I had this diagnosis, it had really brought up a lot of my very unresolved, uh, quote-unquote, trauma. Um, so everything just became such a burden and I just really lost the energy the will to fight Um, so when I came back from Mongolia I just couldn't do it anymore because it wasn't only a mental thing it was a physical thing for me too I felt physical pain Um, yeah and I just lost I lost the will uh, when I came back from Mongolia basically Uh, whilst it was a very painful experience it was also a very beautiful experience um, which had obviously led me to a psychiatric hospital for two months. And that was very confusing for me. Like this whole experience was very confusing for me. You know, this diagnosis and this journey. And then being in a psychiatric hospital. Then having someone just sit in front of your door. It's like, I'm like, am I in this? Am I in this movie? This is so surreal. I know this is not me. Um, I'm not bipolar. And all this like. But here I am experiencing this you know Um, whilst it was very confusing it was something that I really needed Uh, being in that hospital for two months we had group therapy and in that group therapy um, over a period of time I slowly opened up because I was someone that was not able to open up I was always there for people, but I was unable to access my own emotions and share it in front of other people because I was not important. My feelings was not worthy to be shared. Um, and I remembered very well when we were in, in in group therapy at the beginning of the journey, I felt so trapped inside of me and I could hear everyone sharing and I knew I needed help desperately. And... Um,
0: um what's coming up for you uh
1: just reconnecting to to the pain you know um it's it's yeah, it's very hard to explain to people what uh the journey is like um and the pain and the suffering. Um, of being so internalized and no one can reach you for help. And at this point, um, when everybody left the group therapy, I sat there and I broke down. And I cried because I was so worried that I was going to die. And it was very real for me. Um, Because I knew I need help and I knew nobody could gain access to me. Because I couldn't even open up, so I freaked out. Because at that point I was like, "I'm really going to die." Uh, as much as I tried it, I actually don't want to. Um, and I always had this, 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 um, this thought in my head. You know, when I watch um, all the celebrities at later on of their life, at 40 or 50, and and they they end their life. I could really resonate with it very well and I always felt that that was going to be me because I'm going to lose the energy to fight, the will to fight because as you get older, it becomes difficult if you're consistently doing this without getting help. Um, So I went back to my room and I broke down and it was a very, very hard day for me. And then the next day was a new day, you know. And then I tried and I tried and I Opened myself up as much as I could, and then eventually, I opened not completely, but you know enough for 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 me to get help. Em- enough for me to share my pain and my struggle. Um, in yeah, and and that was really beautiful because for me, going back to the symptoms of bipolar, it's like there was this little tiny rat running in my head, and I don't know what it is. And it's stuck in there you know and then it creates this behavior this over like you know like unstable ungrounded and a little bit erratic um, and very excited and very energetic but not in a healthy expression way and when it all slowly when i actually got to share what was happening with me in my life and all the years of suppression of everything that was not shed and suppressed—it's now on on a pa- on paper. It's no longer in my head, like a little rat running, you know. So then my my mind's a little bit more settled. It's like.
0: <sighs> what do you mean by it's on paper?
1: Like. When you ha- when you haven't shed your your wounds and it's sitting in your head, usually it's sitting in your subconscious. Um, And then when you are trying to vocalize something, you're kind of indirectly tapping into your subconscious to bring out the suppressed memory or an emotion or whatever it is that caused you pain or bring out the pain. So then you bring it out and it's no longer sitting there, not being seen, not being validated not being spoken out to, so now it's out on paper and it's no longer sitting in my subconscious in this way that is manifesting in a very unhealthy symptoms, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's where my process started, you know, Uh, going for group therapy. Um, But you know, when you come out of the hospital, the system is pretty messed up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's failing people. Yeah. It so where was the first group session that you sat and where this all They were of all unfailed?
1: They were all in the yeah. hospital.
0: In the psychiatric?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then once a lot of things came out in in that two months, a lot of things that I could not remember came out, a lot of things that I thought was okay, I realized and learned it was not okay. Um, so that means what happens is when you're in the spaces, you open a whole can of worms and then you revisit your old wounds and then you i personally experience um ptsd during this experience um which caused a lot of uh night terrors um it's very common actually when you revisit uh something and you open a whole can of worms that you've not uh visited at all mm-hmm. it will manifest in the night in as night terrors um and then when that two months had uh come up and I was leaving I had not had any support um so and then I've also have this bunch of things that I've now opened up and I don't have anyone to uh support me help me in any way I was very alone at this point of my life um and I went back to really bad habits um I can't believe I'm sharing all this, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it flows, so we... You're doing a
0: great job of (laughs) articulating. Very intense period.
1: Um, So, when I had left the hospital, I had gone back to really bad habits, and that was binge eating. And I was sleeping till 5 o'clock in the morning, and I would just eat. Uh, Because I just don't know how else to deal with this. There was (coughs) Um, a lot of things that had come out, and at the same time i'm still on medication and now i ha- I am on another medication which is adhd medication which gets you hyper and then i've got the bipolar that's like stopping your highs and your lows and adhd gets you high it really is a very confusing thing for your body um yeah and going through every single day in my bed and this was how i felt I felt like this is not me and I felt that I don't belong here. And I just woke up to a very powerful awakening that no one was going to save me except myself. And I realized the doctors didn't know what they were doing. As much as I knew very subtly, it was a very strong, prominent uh, thought that came in my head. And I was like, no one's going to save me. And the only person that can get me out of this is me. And I have so much to live for. And I have so much to give to this world. And I know I'm here for a reason. Uh, I got to get myself out of this mess. And really did the very basic things. Which was really to get up and brush my teeth. um, And have a shower. And make my bed. It was all these very, very basic things that at this point i could not do and before i had experienced this point i never understood what people meant by i couldn't brush my teeth i couldn't make my bed i couldn't have my shower and here i'm experiencing this it was just like wow this is so surreal um and i start with the most little thing Uh, and i did this Um, brush my teeth have the shower make my bed and at this point actually the one the one diagnosis that I really resonate was ADHD and I experience ADHD in a very extreme way and it can be very um I I hope I can pronounce this word properly, disabilitating. Dehabilitating. Uh, debilitating. <laughs> there we go. Mm. Thank you. Um I could clean my room and then within seconds everything gets into a messy state. And I'm like, I don't want this, but I don't know how to get out of it. Um, but over the period of time of really doing deep healing, I was able to really work my way through that. Um, and then I just went after that, you know, doing all these very little, little things. And I decided I need to go for therapy. Um, and I was doing twice a week on therapy. And then just when it led on from that bits and bobs and then like, Then learning to speak my truth and knowing what was going to come out of that. Um, Losing people, shedding people. And then I was going through this very deep grieving of like, okay, I know I need to speak my truth and I can't hide anymore. And nobody knew where I was for this three years. Everybody knew Sunita was this very strong climber, very cold shake, jumping off planes and then suddenly she disappeared. So nobody knew what happened to me. I just went hiding, not deliberately, but I disappeared and so nobody knew what what happened to me. Um, And I kind of knew one of the things that I felt called at that point was really to publicly speak and address this, Um, but also I knew how this would affect my family Um, and what would happen as a result of sharing and two sharing came out of this. one was um, my mental health and two was my sexuality um, you know I was just like wow I'm 30 something and I still don't want to be free about my sexuality this is insane considering that I'm actually a very free person why am I so ashamed uh, and I understood it wasn't my shame that I was caring it was other people's shame and i really through this process i really needed to really set myself free Uh, because i really felt the chain on my leg with this big metal ball that i've been carrying and it was not mine and i knew it was really up to me to cut it off and set myself free and i also am very 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 aware of those consequences i would have to lose a lot of things Um, so yeah i went publicly about my mental health Um, and then after I went publicly about my sexuality, and to be honest, now looking back at it, for me, it's not a big deal. It's like it's not a big deal. But, you know, when it's, when you're at that very new process, it's a really big deal for you. Yeah. Um, how
0: big of a factor do you think holding that idea or story around your sexuality, h- h- holding that for many years, I don't know how many, how do you think, that played into this and how big of a factor was it?
1: I think really, I didn't think it was a big deal. But I knew sharing it was a big deal because I knew my family wouldn't be very happy about this. Mm -hmm. That was the big deal about it. I didn't really care.
0: Yeah, I I mean, with uh, all of this you've, you've gone through, how big of a factor was you perhaps caring a lot about what other people thought and holding other (coughs) people's judgments and shame of you how much of a factor did that play into all of what you've just (coughs) gone through and and i guess you wouldn't have known until it happened and when you did let's say come out
1: so if i got your question right
0: What was the weight that was lifted when you did publicly?
1: I was just like, oh, wow, okay. I'm free. And I can breathe. I can breathe in it. I can breathe and no longer share, no no, no longer hiding who I am and no longer feeling shame. Um, and actually, there's it's just a step, really. And it's not far, that step. It's just... One step f- f- forward and one step backwards. It's a really a mental concept. And once I made that step, it was, it was just really... It felt like I belonged sitting there. So there was no big shift per se. Apart from now I've just set myself free. It's just uh, an ability to breathe deeper. And then coming back to what you were saying, the ability to just sleep in peace and wake up in peace, going, ah, mm, this feels good. This is me. Um, And I'm happy with me. I'm happy with the choices I've made. I'm happy with who I am. Of course, there's always work and it's forever. But I'm no longer hiding, and for me that has always been a big problem as a human being on planet Earth. I cannot hide, I cannot pretend, I cannot carry other people's shame, I cannot carry other people's guilt, and I cannot not speak the truth, at least my truth. Uh, And when I do that, and I'm being honest with myself, I can go to sleep in peace. And I can wake up in peace.
0: Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. How much did community come into this? You said you said around group therapy and group sharing and how pivotal that 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 was for you. And sharing your experience with others who would validate it, not judge it and just listen so it could be witnessed. Mm. And you must have felt safe to do that. How much of a factor do you think that played in all this? Because it just this, this, your journey, it speaks to what so many people will be going through right now, it alone. Mm. And something present for me lately is that this is causing such a perpetuation of all these things that we are alone with these thoughts, these ideas around what we are, what we're not and how much that keeps us stuck, stagnant and unable to express our truth because we have a constant loop in the background of like, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, I'm not accepted, I'm not seen, I'm, not, I've, it's, it's all on me kind of thing. But what I know, what, what I witness, helping the most people is community is group therapy is doing things together is sharing together other people witnessing everyone you know us us sharing and and really coming together to understand things about ourselves through the lens of um, and reflection of other people
1: hmm. um if we so there's I think there's different parts to this so if we speak into the group therapy group therapy that I was in <coughs> uh, in some ways it wasn't the ideal group for me mm. uh, it wasn't the ideal setup per se but it was what I uh, was given Um, so you know when you don't have anything it's a lot, so, in that perspective, I was desperate uh if we put it in that way, even though I was not acting desperate, I am desperate, and mm-hmm. I need this, whatever uh, how it looks, shape or sound, or whoever that was holding it. It wasn't ideal, but it was something, and I knew I needed to use this, and I knew I needed to open up in front of people um so in this way um, it was beneficial to speak things out to a bunch of humans that are equally suffering and i don't know who they are because i've never spoken it out to anybody uh so this is good practice and then Secondly, over a period of time, that changed because now I've opened up, I've shared, now there's this opportunity of, actually this wasn't the ideal uh, circle or group group that uh, was for me. But when you open up, you change the relationship and then you see differently and you go, oh, actually, everyone's really beautiful here and everyone's struggling, everybody wants to help each other as much as we can Um, but then moving forward as I deepen my journey this was the only support in this way that I had and then it was fleeting it was just a period of time and then it disappeared throughout this journey I've been pretty much very alone in this way um, and I think for me, I think everyone has their own path um, for me specifically. Um, whether I choose it or it choose me, I needed to go through most of my great difficulties and my dark times by myself and learn and educate myself and use my inner wisdom and my inner compass to navigate myself out of it uh, in order for me to be this person that I am today. Um, and then from there build the true authentic community that I have around where we help each other Uh, and I can bring all the knowledge and the wisdom that I have and the experience actually and help other people and other people help me in different ways um community is really important it's not something I really understood very well um Purely because my journey has been very solo. Um, And actually it's only been in the past maybe uh, two and a half years that it's been evolving. And I've been opening in this way. And I've been learning what it is to be in in community and being with other people. Uh, Being able to receive help from people but also be able. I mean I've always been helping. It's something that I love to do. But the intention of why I'm doing it you know, is slightly different. It's more connected, you know. Um, but it is really important. It's really important to, I think having community is one thing. But having a community where you are aligned with is another thing. Uh, where you feel like actually I belong here. And I feel settled here. I don't feel like I need to do people pleasing. I need, need to act in a different way and be someone else. I'm just being me. Um, I think there's different kinds of community and for me, uh, it gives me um, uh, medicine, it gives me love, it gives me energy when I'm in a community that I'm aligned with and for me it's specifically just love Um, and we're just communicating authentically and truthfully with each other, especially when we're not happy with each other. And that's the kind of community I feel. That's in that I I feel that I evolve more and 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 grow more in in that way. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. more and more common in my life, but I know it's so rare for people. Yeah, and it's still to a point rare for me. I d- I've had many flavors of that. I don't mm. think I've fully got there yet. In what sense? in the community sense like fully being completely unapologetic Mm. and fully settled relaxed just myself not needing to please not needing to prove not needing to be anyone other than what's true for me in this moment
1: why do you think that
0: is because i've had many years of normalizing those things feeling like that's what i need to do i mean they root back to many other things and childhood stuff and the proving and the doing constantly doing something it's very much related to self-worth so understanding loads of those stuff and that that goes back i've talked about that a few times but it's it's um it's getting closer to that i think you know, you know it when it's like time to go to bed when you're with friends and you're fighting this internal pull that oh, I should go to sleep now, but now I need to stay up because it's cool to stay up and chat. And I'm like, what is that that voice that's still trying to get me to seep in every last ounce of this connection with people because I'm trying to like prove that I'm the fun guy. it's, <laughs> it's still there. It's mm. still present. Um it's just always nice to check in with, with that and it just it speaks it speaks to that because do we feel fully able in our relationships to speak to what's true for us and like that is it okay and that's good enough and I'm accepted in love for that there's no conditions around people's love for me it's rare but it's possible yeah um, it's also a process
1: and it that process looks very differently for different people mm-hmm um and it always comes down to the very simple things that we all know um is self worth and unconditional love for ourselves or unjudgmental love for ourselves yeah um
0: and often we put the the barriers up before anyone else is able to like we don't give people the permission to take us or leave us because we're not aligning with our truth
1: it comes down to truth, you know.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, it comes down to many things. We can use all kinds of different words to bring it down to what it comes down to. But for me, it I resonate very well and strongly with truth. Um, and it's really down to my truth. If I can express my truth, whatever that is, whether the fun side or the naughty side or the wild side or the very deep, intense side of me, or the light side of the joyful side and not hide that. And I can just express it and not care about what people think about me. Um, and I can live with that and I can live with the consequences of people judging me, speaking about me and maybe they're not even doing that. And then also live with the consequences of my own paranoia. Uh, that maybe people are doing that and just keep expressing, uh, then it can be anywhere and then not worry.
0: Hmm. I think it's the bigger conversation is our relationship to our own ego, which we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I always, I was speaking to someone the other day about this, Peter, you met the other night about, like, I've always had a fear around ego and like what that is always trying to keep it in check. Cause I've noticed in other people what I would, i'd experience where they they're not checking in with their ego and they're trying too hard to be liked or they're they're, there's just they um they're socially not as aware as i say i'd like them to be but i just don't think they're socially and not reading the room for example or (laughs) and i've experienced them okay that's too much for me so i've always noticed that oh i don't want to be that person like we live in relationship to people in relation so i've I've always had this fear of like i don't want to be seen i don't actually want to be unconscious about the way i'm um not reading the room being too much right now you know know, we've had a bit of fun but you still you've taken it you're taking it too far like Mm. you know now's the time to just you know trying to keep that in check um, so I've always feared this, and that's become my own like awareness journey, I guess, of like being self-aware, and being more self-aware. Okay, how am I, how am I showing up in this space? How am I being perceived here? Like trying to strengthen that awareness of how I'm being in a, in a situation, mm. you know, not being as compassionate as I, as I could be, or when's the time to turn on that and turn off that? And yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a like every different parts of the growing mindset or journey, you can do too much and too little and then doing both over a period of time, you would find the balance. Sure. And I think ego is, for me, when I experienced, have you read New Earth by Eckhart Tolle? No. You need to read it. It's all about ego. It's an easy read and the most amazing book I've ever read and it speaks about the body pain it speaks about a lot of things but it really focuses on ego specifically and then through my journey about you know shedding and etc cetera, etc cetera, and then reading this book and I was like all about focusing on the ego and like eradicating ego you know and just being like this monk and like don't share anything good about you don't share anything nice just listen and you know just like, oh, it's coming out. No, just don't, don't, don't be human. <laughs> you know. Mm. And then I went to one extreme. And in that process, the ego was in so much play because I realized I was playing small. You know, this this confusion of like being humble or taking too much space because my ego wants it. But then that's the ego too because it's like now I'm gonna play small. Mm. Um, and then it feeds into different parts like okay is it because you're also scared to be seen Uh, and then it comes back to this whole thing of being authentic if you're being authentic take space if you worked your ass off and you know you've done so much deep inner work and now you're ready to like stand in your power and that means it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable then that's not your problem because then you know you're coming from a very authentic space your intention is also very clear why Mm. are you taking space right now Uh, because I just want to be heard okay then that's the ego but if you're taking space because you're like I'm here right now to serve a purpose so that means I need to speak and if that means taking space then take space and that means if it's going to make someone uncomfortable so be it you're giving them a gift um, but to get there, it's just like really learning a lot about yourself. And I think it's like an education about yourself and really understanding what's showing up for you and who you are and who you are not. And that comes with peeling the layers, dying and rebirthing, uh, and just keep doing it again and again and again and again and again and then coming to understand. Um, yeah. And having a good amount of ego is necessary in order for you to strive and to achieve things, um, to, yeah, reach for ambitious goals, extravagant goals. You need the ego. As long as you utilize it in a not-toxic way, it is incredibly beneficial for us as humanity. Um, But the flex is also how can we do that. Uh, It comes down, for me personally, it comes down to healing. Uh, that's been my personal journey is healing and going deeper within.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing your 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 journey your journey back to yourself.
1: I didn't think I was going to share this, um, but it felt right.
0: Um, I think there was a little resistance at the start. There
1: was a lot of resistance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to reveal this part of myself. Uh, it's really
0: beautiful because it speaks to the, what main. I mean. I'm like here for you Mm. then what I mainly uh, the messaging around like sharing this is around the system that we are a part of and we sometimes accept and it's educating people about themselves these you know what is the ego like learning about these parts of ourselves and what symptoms and signals our bodies you know trying to communicate to us about but then it is around we need to educate ourselves and stop looking externally to these systems that no one's in charge of and no one's looking at it's kind of this perpetual system that we're we're feeding into and we're giving permission to without realizing it we're feeding into a bigger problem um, that's not helping us at all in a wider sense
1: question to you so at some point of our
0: what do you say, sorry?
1: A question to you. A question to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, not a lot of people can understand what I'm saying. This Malaysian accent or the way I speak sometimes. Uh, accepting myself, loving myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we were sharing, mm. uh, there was a point that you were tearing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Who was showing up for
0: you? I oh, know, several times. Uh, there, w- there was one specific time where you were talking about... I remember as I talk, it was about you not wanting to get out doing the small things, getting out of bed, brushing your teeth and like doing that thing. Um, it wasn't that I can relate to that, but it, w- which likely would have made me emotional, like really connecting with your experience. But it was more about I know that that is a reality for a lot of people and how sad that is. And I was really feeling that sadness of how many people uh, are going through it right now and and doing it on their own. And it's normalized. It's very normal in a lot of people's lives. I I just know it is true. A lot of people will be experiencing that right now and feeling like it's just their existence. A lot of people will go their whole lives feeling that. Mm. Um, It's just incredibly sad.
1: Yeah, very, very, we, very and sad. And we need
0: to feel that sadness because it's a motivator. Suffering is a perfect precursor for growth and it's um, it needs to be felt. It needs to be really felt because if we don't feel it, we can't heal it, I guess. Completely. Mm. It's like,
1: I mean, slightly different. But, you know, when we no we but when people smoke, they can't feel what's happening to their body, so they keep smoking, um, or we keep going on with our lives, not really connecting to the true pain on planet Earth, whilst actually there's so many beautiful things that are happening too, so it's like it's not all dark and gloomy, but there are real real suffering on planet Earth, and really connecting to that mm-hmm. uh grounds us a little bit. Uh, and allows us to appreciate and have gratitude for what we have, first of all, and then also to have compassion deeply for other people before we judge them. Um, Because you just don't know what's happening in someone's life. You have no clue uh, what they're struggling with, what are they suffering with. And it's very quickly and easily for us to judge someone because they've triggered you or they behave or spoke in a specific way that didn't suit your world Um, but there's always a story behind everything context yeah 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 Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah absolutely
0: Mm. I wanted to mention something um escape me. Damn it.
1: Come back. While it escaped you and mm. you know, it just really bringing back a little bit, you know, I feel um for someone that gone through the mental health journey, mm-hmm. um, and the experience and the I've got it again. Okay good. I'm glad I helped you with that. Um the the system. There we go. Going through the mental health system. Um I feel very grateful that I I'm just genuinely a a very strong and very resilient as a human being. I'm very very strong. I have this internal strength within me that uh, I'm very aware unfortunately not a lot of people have this especially when they're going through such experiences it's very difficult for someone to pull themselves out of this experience by themselves um yeah um this kind this is not not kind this is one of my deep reasons of why I'm showing up and guiding people to do the inner work because i know it's very difficult uh and i'm aware that it's not easy for someone to pull themselves out they need someone else to reach out to them and then pull them and show them what they already have inside of them um you yeah you need you need someone to help you um a lot of the time we do um
0: i think cuz you intentionally sort hard things that made you into a strong person. When you were like, I'm I'm going, I'm gonna cook my food, I'm gonna wash my clothes, I'm gonna go out there and build that strength I need to be a powerful person. Like when I cycled from England to Turkey, I was like, I wanna be the person on the other side of that. I wanna do these things to meet who I'm gonna be. And it's we don't have strength unless we go through challenging things so it's like actively seek that out this is Mm -hmm. this is wisdom it's it's very important to strengthen your resolve and the one thing i was going to say earlier which feeds into like feeling the sadness of everything and we don't really want to feel that because it's not comfortable but unless we feel the sadness we won't feel the highs as as much as possible. I mean, there's a, we, we put these labels in hierarchy and high and lows, and but the highs are joy experiences. So we're not gonna feel them as much if we don't feel the sads.
1: Completely. You know,
0: there's a quote from Nick Mulvey that I keep saying, it's the courage to feel it all. And that really resonates because we have to have the courage to feel the sadness because you will feel the highs even greater and that's the life I chose 10 years of, of like strengthening the courage to feel it all like going deeper and wanting to have that conversation with people more and more and now I experience both extremes even greater but if I don't go to those lows I'm not going to reach the highs even more mm. and is that you know, I don't know yeah, bipolar features <laughs> in those mm. things, <laughs> feeling everything greatly. It's like, well, that to me seems more human and, and there's a lot to be sad about, but there's a lot to be joyful and grateful and thankful about.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on you have to mm. feel all the uncomfortable feelings to be able to fully, fully immerse into joy, happiness, love, all the beautiful things on planet earth, you can really immerse, not just feel it, but like immerse into those feelings when you have allowed yourself to really immerse into great pain and feel all the pain and discomfort that you have within you. And it does take courage. um, But sadly, because we've been educated that way, um, if we were educated differently and, and the education system was different, you don't need courage. It's just part of your practice. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, not that true. difficult. You just sit there and feel it because you're already experiencing it. Mm. Um, that yeah, we have. you
0: just allow and make space to, for it to move through you. Yeah. Uh huh. I want to. Take this opportunity to talk more about your mission. Please, 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 because I don't even think I know this mission. Are you able to speak to it? And let's let's try. What's your vision of of moving into yeah? What's alive for you now and bringing in sound Mm. and vibration? And I know we'll do a part two in future and more talk about music and yeah sound in the gong bath but touch on that for people
1: yeah 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 thank you for bringing that back i think that's important because i'm not here to share only about my difficult parts i think i'm sharing my difficult parts so that you understand where i came from but that's not me but it is me um which is where i am right now um so ask me this question again and I'm going to answer you uh, in a, hopefully in a very articulate, uh, clearly eloquent <laughs> way. <I laughs> That's my uh, best. It's ironic that you got that messed up. Yeah, I got that messed <laughs> up. Let me try it again. In an eloquent way. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll try at least. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get to know your vision and your mission because you've spoken a few times. I mean, we've only met about four times. Enough. <laughs> More <laughs> than enough so yeah so so drawn to you um your mission in life mm. you spoke about your grandiose mission you called it what yeah. can you speak to that okay um
1: i always always had this little whisper from a young child and i cannot explain this but I've always had the whisper you are here for something you're here for something big and sometimes you can think you're a little bit weird or you're being a bit crazy or like what is that nonsense when you're brought up in an environment not to nurture that Uh, and also when you have everyone that's so different from you then you're like you don't really fully embrace this little whisper But I kept listening to this whisper and this whisper would not let me settle. This is why I'm always doing the deep work. Because I can feel that I'm here for something. And maybe it's not for everybody. um, But I know it's very true for me. Um, And with that, the calling is always to guide other people to go deeper and to create impact. Um, in other people's life, so that we can connect to our heart and we can communicate with our heart uh, when it's not wounded and it's just love and not so much with the mind. And that modality or how it manifests was always different. And after finance, I was also a coach. And I thought that was definitely going to be the way that I was guiding people and through public speaking. But there's so much you can do in this kind of environment. You know, it's very not very lasting to a degree and you can't force someone to talk through something if they don't want to. But over a period of time through my journey and um, through a couple of um, ceremonies, <laughs> <laughs> mm, the gong found me uh, and it took me by surprise <laughs> like and it's literally changed the course of my life when it found me and it literally go you are meant to play the gong at least that's how i heard it or maybe that's how i wanted to hear it you know um and now being a gong practitioner i'm utilizing Uh, sound, vibration, um, space holding uh, and my background of going really deep. Uh, I'm excellent at going super, super deep. Um, I have this very strong calling to continuously create powerful, safe, clear, deep, Holding space to take people into deep spaces of where it calls them. Through sound and vibration. Through the gongs, ultimately. Um, And my grandiose mission. They're not just one, they're a few and they're all connected. And they split into two. But ultimately, it's just one. And it sounds very grandiose, but actually it's not. To me to other people maybe and that is to increase the vibrational frequency of humanity um, and that can be with one person and two person three person and four person five and six and seven and then hundred and two hundred and five hundred and the grandiose plan is to have regular and this may not be so grandiose grandiose now and it will keep getting bigger but for now where I am at I want to have regular, big gong spaces where I'm holding between two to 500 people. Um, And we all come with one intention with other modalities. um, We have everybody's thoughts and their minds and their emotion focusing on this intention for that evening and then playing the gong and guiding them to go deep and increase the vibrational frequency. And within that space, you're going to have other people, energy frequency helping other people to uplift, because that's how it works. I don't know if... At least in my my mind, I think that's how it works.
0: Could you talk a bit more about yeah. the increase of vibrational no frequency? Yeah. What does so that m- mean for... Yeah. Say it in a few different ways. Yeah, perhaps? yeah.
1: I'm going to try to explain, but there is this... There was this that's this thing that they say, that's this is thing that they say that if you have, if I'm not mistaken, it's 1%, but it may be less or a little bit more. 1% of humanity did the inner work and they internally freed themselves from their wounds and they awakened and their vibrational frequency is at a quote unquote, we're just using specific words. It, you can replace it with any words, uh, in a positive, in a high Mm. uh, aura, if 1% of humanity did that, it automatically unlocks the 99% of humanity.
0: Um, According to my Instagram account, there's at least 60% of people doing (laughs) (laughs) it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We need to work on that. What does that mean?
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah. So 1% of people, that's all it would take yeah but so of
1: course, to its true definition of what it means of doing inner work and doing it properly, mm. not just yeah, like you know uh, yeah objective, yeah yeah, yeah, you gotta do the real work, so with that concept, I've gone, okay, so that means obviously our uh we influence each other with our energy fields, like. You meet some people and you're automatically uplift. Mm. And then you meet some other people, you're completely depleted by your
0: energy. And you cannot explain it. and radiators to the layman. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suckers and radiation. Right? Uh, No judgment there,
1: love and compassion. Um, But with that, you kind of understand that we affect each other in this way. For sure. Now, using that concept, I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, if I get to bring a lot of people in one room and literally setting a clear intention and how I convey that to this mass of humans uh, that comes into the space and then do a few of other modalities, maybe it's chanting, a few things, sharing, moving, you know, I haven't really... Uh, said that yet, but I know there's a few things that I can do. And then from there, creating, basically getting people to go deep through the sound of vibration. Um, And within that space, while everyone's doing their inner work in whatever shape and form, feeling it, releasing it, expressing it, realizing it, it automatically frees you up internally a little bit. Of course, nothing happens immediately, but it's a process. So within the space of having so many people in one room just doing that, can you imagine what that energy frequency like in that space? So then in my head, I'm like, wow. So then when everybody comes out of this experience, everybody's energetic feel is a little bit increased or uplifted. So now, within this space, there is going to be an effect of people maybe one mile away. They're going to feel this energy frequency. Um, And that would affect the people that's around that space. But then when these people go back home, they also have the feedback with the people that they're surrounded by. So it helps to increase the vibrational frequency in this way. And the idea is to do it as regular as possible um, and to bring more people um we don't have we don't have this actually bringing a lot of people with setting an intention, everybody lying down, and then just with this intention, everybody focusing and going deep, and then having uh obviously you need s- specific equipment, sound and a, a a beautiful space to facilitate this and I'm manifesting this out and I'm also manifesting the right people to come and support me through this mission and funders and everybody want to fund and <laughs> um support me in any kind of way I am sure it's going to come um but that's like one of it and the other one is really to empower women um through I'm doing it right now with my full moon women's gong bath ceremonies I call that full moon women's gong bat ceremonies, but maybe I need to change the name because I actually take pe- pe- I take the women into very deep spaces. Uh, through sharing t- int- intention, sharing um journaling, sharing, uh movement, chanting, gonging. And through that sequence mm-hmm. we go into very deep spaces. Um and I feel like there's a lot of power to work with women uh, to guide them to really uh, love themselves unconditionally um, so that they can shamelessly own their power uh, in a loving way, not in a toxic way. Um, And I think that's where those those are the two places that I, I like to work. And obviously, I'm doing other things, but these are the main things that uh, we have time to speak into. Um, are my um, grandiose uh, mission, that they just come into one. That's to increase the vibrational frequency of humanity. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's gonna take time to create really big, big events like this.
0: And you believe in this?
1: I feel it. It's happening. It's already happened in my
0: head, in That's my mind. Box, that is the most important.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's already happened in my mind um it it's it's coming it's just a matter of time
0: yeah beautiful when i meet someone like you that i align with and i feel there's and then all this is putting it into context to be honest cuz i felt this mm, i felt like you'd done a lot of work on yourself and you were able to just you're just I can't explain it any other way, but you were just so accepting of you and yourself that I felt so present around you, and it was just—I—you so I, can't—I can't really put it into words that I was just present with you, and it just felt—I just felt drawn to your energy because you were grounded and you had this energy around me. You. you wasn't trying to get or have something other than what was what was here right now you know you weren't trying to like get anywhere i didn't feel that energy from you and i've always felt a, a real trust actually in um that i feel people i feel people's what their are their needs met and what they're trying to like prove or improve and what's healthy what's not and where that kind of comes from without even having the words to understand or describe it that i've just felt like a trust that uh okay something's not quite right there that could say something about me or them which one is it i'll i'll find that out um because sometimes it is me but with you there was no question mm. it was just like boom yeah great i want to support you i want to help you how can i do that and you know bringing you on the podcast is is my, one of my strengths at the moment to try and support people that i believe in and i want to grow help grow um their mission share their mission so it feels really good to be able to you know, even add anything to to that um but ultimately it's i believe in that and what you've just said and it's uh, it's amazing to just to be on this journey with you in a way mm. and, and him in, in whatever way I can it's, it was the same with Saka. have you met Sarka
1: never but I've heard about her
0: yeah she's just someone has an amazing gift and I was like I cannot wait to tell people about her I mm. know <laughs> we didn't connect as much as me and you have um, we didn't have that many conversations but it was I noticed something in her that was like wow like how can I help?
1: Mm, I wanna meet her,
0: and I get that from you mm.
1: thank you, thank you so much for sharing that about me uh, I receive it um but also it's a it's a feedback loop, my friend uh <laughs> honestly <coughs> honestly uh I feel the same with you and and it feels very i feel at ease when I'm with you energetically, it's just like mm, there is uh clearness um, in your, in your energy, um, there is, um, genuineness, I think that's what it is, and a very heart-centered, uh, expression, um, and, yeah, I'm drawn to your energy too, and it feels it feels very very nice to be around you. I love hanging out around you. I love having deep conversations with you. I think we just can't stop. Um,
0: no stopping us now. The podcast's done, so. We can um,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this, we
0: were, you were kind of holding stuff back, weren't we? Yeah, <laughs> we were. We were the yeah, so like, much,
1: so much pressure sometimes. You know, it's uh, a
0: funny one. I, I guess I wanted to give it the best. Mm. I, I guess I just really know because I've, I've done that before and I guess it comes with experience of like having, we could have had this conversation prior. It's beautiful when you get people on that. It, it, it's more true. It's more like we could have gone back into it on the podcast, but this was the first time we've shared those things with each other. or well, you mainly, but <laughs> first time that you've shared that with me. So it was just, you know, that was, that was me receiving it in that way.
1: Yeah, I think maybe next time any sharing would we'll just go on the podcast. <laughs> it's like stop, set up the camera, let's yeah. chat.
0: Um it's pow- it makes it the most powerful.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh rather than repeating it. For sure. Then it doesn't feel um the energy's different, the sharing's different. Yeah. Uh, and then the value that people receive is also different.
0: Yeah, and no, I g- there's yeah, that's just the dedication I have perhaps to this platform and Really, um, wanting uh, wanting to honour maybe honour it on my part and and other people's, perhaps, but you know it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. I surrender to many that haven't been that way, but this felt right to yeah dedicate that to to this.
1: Thank you, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Really, really
0: appreciate to. B- no, I thank thank you, thank you th- mainly for for coming and sharing your journey. It's like
1: Yeah, um. powerful. Yeah, more to come I think. More to come.
0: Absolutely. Uh
1: maybe next time we would love to hear more about you or like this. <laughs>
0: uh, maybe Oh no from book but for a few things. <laughs> 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 You've maybe re focused a few things that probably I shouldn't share or I won't share in the future. <laughs> it's good. It's constantly relating, you know. Ah mm. <sighs> anything else you want to speak to? Where can people find you? And uh, uh contribute to the mission.
1: Yes, um, uh, a lot being shared. So I'm like, okay, now I'm just like settling a little mm. bit.
0: Yeah. Anything, any ways you want to close this as well You're um, welcome.
1: Any way I
0: want to close it,
1: um, nothing that nothing comes to mind. Um, apart from thank you again for bringing me on. I really appreciate your support. It means a lot that um you're us- utilizing your platform so that people can see me um and and share a little bit of who i am so that they get a little bit of flavor of my expression uh in order for them to come to my space to uh, receive a gong bath <laughs> um because they're very interconnected you know i'm not just playing the gong i'm
0: yeah, that's I'd never resonated with the gong bath before, but then when I met you, I understood why. Because mm. I hadn't connected with the person playing, mm. and that was really pivotal to me. You might not connect with an instrument until someone you connect with plays it. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it it is a intuitive uh, instrument, at least for me. You play your internal self to it, mm, and it p- sure. and it plays you. And then with that frequency that it emits, people feel that vibration and they hear it that guides them deeper. Um, So with that, um for everyone that's out there please come and find me on instagram that is sunita movement i'm pretty sure he's going to put it somewhere down here mm-hmm. is it up there <laughs> somewhere down there in the caption uh and come to my gong bots uh they're on my bio um yeah if you never try to come gong bot just give it a try uh, i'm not an egoistic way I'm pretty sure you're going to experience something and by you following me on Instagram uh, is a way to support me and if you resonate to anything that I do please do share it around Um, but more than anything else just come into my space um, as a first step that's supporting me Um, yeah really beautiful is there anything else I need to say to that what you're most excited about right now Now uh, in my life Mm -hmm. or now in the next hour? In your life. Oh my God. I am so excited. I'm so, 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 so excited for this expansion. I can feel an expansion in the happening um, within my creation, the creation, and getting closer to my mission, um, to spreading the vibration to people um Is what I'm very very excited, and me stepping deeper and deeper into this leadership role um as I
0: expand. could we just touch upon what happened in your last Gong Bath? Yes. Just before you were about to open, we've done all this prep. You've done weeks, uh. <laughs> you're week building up to this. I've never you know, having small comms with you around what you're going through, how you're preparing physically mentally to this experience getting yourself in true I'm going to coffee (laughs) your hand signalling (laughs) you always do this Um, (laughs) getting yourself into this prep mode and and building up and your organisation and your your delegation and your marketing and your you know your online presence and all building up to this (gasps) one moment and you're sat in front of me and you're like why do I do this (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah yeah yeah. and then when you just go it really just explain explains how I was feeling I I haven't forgot I forgot to breathe you know a lot of people don't see what happens behind the scenes I don't just stand up come to a, a a venue and everything's set up They'll and i'm just see. and i'm just playing the gong they might ever, never see that they will never see it um but there's just so much uh, work behind uh, the scene uh, especially the event that you were there that was a big big venue uh and it, it is there's a lot of planning a lot of organization um and also selling ticket, part of the um, not very fancy part of this, this is actually selling tickets, you know, and that can be very, very stressful. And then also communicating with the crews to make sure that they know what they need to do uh, and then to make sure the place is set up properly, to make sure the sound is done uh, and uh plugged in and it sounds perfect then making sure the ditch guy uh, MP low beautiful human being uh, we are linking up and we we know what we're doing ultimately while I'm playing the gong Uh, and then the lighting and then to make sure there's enough lighting for the videographer and the photographer and then to make sure the owner is also happy Uh, there's just a lot but also prior to that like Selling tickets and promoting yourself is not just selling. There's, like, so many avenues. Reaching out to friends. Reaching out to uh, people that you don't know. Doing flyers. I do flyers. Um,
0: uh, just, it's, it's constant. Mm. Briefing, checking in, over, checking in with everyone. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, it, it's, I just don't rest. And then, on the day, I have to, like, pack my car with a lot of things for a very big venue and then unload it and then convey all this information to my beautiful crew, uh, which so happens to be my friends who believe in what I do and supports me. Um, but also making sure that they are doing what they need to be doing at specific time because we have only a very short uh, timeframe before the venue starts, before the event starts. Um, so it's just like, go, 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 go. And everyone needs a little bit of me, but I'm also making sure that everything is done properly because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to how my space look, how does it smell? How does it look, um, in every way. Um, and I'm really happy with that and I'm okay with that. Uh, Because I know it's not just the gong, it's everything. And that's how I want to convey my space when people walk in. It's a feeling that they feel. But I also know how much work that requires for me and how much pressure it feels. So when you sat there and I just went, oh my God, I'm feeling the pressure. Because now everything is done. Now I have to sit in front of 56, 58 people and hold space. Um, when you are just constantly on the go and now you got to go, <gasps> okay, stay grounded, stay focused and then communicate calmly. That's a skill. And authentically as well, you mm. know. Um, that's a lot. Uh, and then to go to the gong and then play the gong but orchestrate it with everybody to make sure the lights are fine, uh, the sounds, there's just a lot going on. Um, so it's, it's, it forces me to expand not into one human but into multitudes of human with different skills and uh different capabilities of doing different things um so then i said then i was like yeah i just i felt emotional um it's a mixture of things it's emotion of like wow i'm here holding this very big event and it's full house i'm so humbled by it and then also like I know what it takes to do this. This is not just something so fancy, you standing in front of 56 people and it looks amazing. That's, it takes a lot for me because I give a lot. Um, and yeah, sometimes I'm like, why, do, why, why did I choose this path? Um, because it's hard work and it's sacrifice, and it's emotional and it's very exposing and it's very vulnerable. Because when you fail, you fail in front of a lot of people. This is not working in front of a laptop. Um, so you you have nowhere to hide when you're mm. like unsteady. Um, yeah. That's what showed up for me. But you know.
0: I think the other element is that no one will see all of that. That's quite a big... Because g- you're doing all this work and you know consciously most people will just rock up and think you're just playing a goal mm. that's a story there and it's so not true Mm-mm. no and you have to hold that and and accept that, that that's okay but do all this other stuff because you know it's not going to happen without it and you're never going to get any Recognition for it. <laughs> I know it's not about that, but it's it's an element. Yeah, It's, yeah, an, yeah. Element.
1: it's an element, and actually, in some ways, not in some ways, and in in all ways, I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. really
0: happy with that because mm. I'm so passionate. Well, that is this. That's the sp- being. S- that's the spirituality of it all, right? <laughs> Doing things when no one's watching. Yeah, Cause that's, that's where the work is. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, mm.
1: and I'm 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 really happy to do all the unglamorous. Uh, parts of showing up and holding space to taking people deep through the gong or space holding because i'm incredibly passionate about it i love this i am like i just posted my instagram yesterday i am obsessed in the best possible way um and i don't mind going out of my way uh even though it's hard and it's difficult and it's pressurizing i don't mind going out of my way to make sure that i create a beautiful space to my best capability with the resources i have Uh, and it's okay that it's not recognized in the background but when people are in the space people recognize it and they feel it and they go into a deep space and for me that's success
0: Yes, people, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. This is the best zero-cost way to support. In addition, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Leave a five-star review. This helps support the podcast tremendously. If you want to get notified of this podcast, you can get access to my exclusive WhatsApp link where I will not bother you on social media. If you're not even on social media and you just want to be notified of when the episodes are out, then please join this little announcement group. You can get the link to that in the podcast description of the episode. And if you have any questions or comments or people you'd love to me to get on, or topics you want me to cover, then please say so in the comments section in my YouTube channel. Please check out for sponsors mentioned at the beginning. Two brands who I wholeheartedly support, WildSoul Sandals and XL Coffee. discount codes links are in the description there's also a link in the description where you can subscribe to a monthly newsletter where i have a book of the month and other podcast recommendations you can also get involved by donating from as little as six pound per month over at my patreon if you do so you'll be invited to a monthly zoom call where we deep dive on topics covered in the month's episode if you want to share any episodes please do so on instagram and tag me at the dot chris dot geisler And tag me in your stories so I can repost. This is all. Thank you for your interest in questioning everything in life and being super curious about it all. Thank you, people. Much love.